Welcome to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, a bi-weekly look at all things related to the growing elite clubs nationally, the ECNL. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. Now, here's your host for Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, former U.S. soccer press officer and longtime soccer broadcaster, Dean Linky. I am Dean Linky, proud to host Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, and this is what we've got cooking this week. This is Taylor Huff from the ECNL's International Soccer Club and the reigning national champion, Florida State women's soccer team. Join me and several others from the ECNL stars that won D1 titles this year on this week's edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. One of those champions was her teammate, Lauren Flynn, who didn't make her ECNL team the first time around. I remember being so nervous to join an ECNL team. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so scary. Once like I got into that environment, it was amazing. And just the teammates and coaches there were amazing. I'm very glad I went back the second year. And this show includes two stars from the Clemson men's soccer team, your men's D1 national champs. This is Brandon Parrish, captain of the national champion Clemson men's soccer team and former member of ECNL's Tennessee Soccer Club. This is Tyler Trimno from the Charlotte Soccer Academy ECNL program and the current national champion Clemson men's soccer team. Join Brandon Parrish and me on this week's edition of the ECNL podcast. And we get it rolling after this message from the ECNL. As the game continues to evolve in the United States, the ECNL remains the standard of excellence in youth soccer. The Elite Clubs National League has grown to include over 200 clubs and nearly 50,000 players across the country with a robust competition platform for teams, educational resources for coaches and clubs, and unparalleled identification and development opportunities for players. Alongside its member clubs, collaborating to create a better future, the ECNL continues to raise the game every day. The ECNL is more than a league. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Once again, here's Dean. This week is all about our former ECNL players that are now collegiate national champions. We start off with two of the superstars from Florida State, and then later we'll meet two of the superstars from the Clemson men's soccer team, all four of them. The two fine young women and the two young men, all four played in the ECNL. And up first on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast is Taylor Huff who's actually repping a 419 area code, which we'll get into in a little bit later. I love that. But Taylor Huff is an attacking midfielder forward and a native of Mansfield, Ohio, where she played club soccer for Internationals SC, including in the ECNL. She was named the 2020 Ohio Girls Player of the Year by the Ohio Scholastic Soccer Coaches Association for High School. She initially attended the University of Tennessee under Brian Penske. She was the 2021 SEC Freshman of the Year. In 2022, she was named to the first team All-SEC as a sophomore. She has been involved in camps and rosters for U.S. Soccer, U16, U20, and U23 Youth National Team programs. And, of course, in December 2022, she transferred to Florida State University to once again play for Brian Penske, this time ending her season in the final game with an impressive national championship victory. And with that, we welcome in the very talented Taylor Huff to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Taylor, thanks for kicking off this week's show. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. 
Yeah, delighted to have you. And Florida State under Mark Dracorian, they were incredible. And in just two short years, you helped Brian Penske and Florida State continue their tradition. So when I say Taylor Huff, you are a national champion at Florida State. Can you put into words, please, what that means? It means so much. And I don't know if it's even hit me yet just because of the season we've come off of. And it's been such a long ride, but it's been so rewarding at the end. And just getting to play with all the amazing players and the coaching staff and just getting to be so rewarded at the end of the year and season to be national champions and just sitting here a year ago, I wasn't in the best place mentally and everything. And then just making the transfer and kind of taking a leap of faith and just seeing it all come to pass and how rewarding it is to become a national champion a year later is really cool. To do it in kind of dominant fashion. I mean, you guys smoke some teams, right? I mean, including in the college cup, what was it about this team that was clicking mm-hmm. like a fine tuned Mercedes? I mean, it was incredible. It's crazy. Just like, I mean, going back and just watching and then seeing the impact we had and just doing it, like you said, in dominant fashion. And it's not surprising to me because just training day in and day out, the consistency of the team and how much we love each other off the field. It just brings so much chemistry on the field and just having so much fun with it. I'm I'm not shocked by how we did it in the finals or anything. I I was just so confident in this team and I knew that we were going to make it through. Let's get to know Taylor Huff and her family a little bit. Tell us where you grew up, where you went to high school, and then tell us about your family, and then I'll have more questions after that. I grew up in a small town called Mansfield, Ohio. Not a lot of people, but a really small community where it's so fun to be around because it's cool because they all support me in my soccer career. So growing up, it was really fun. I had a lot of land, so I would be able to run around and play. And I think that's where my love for the game kind of grew because I did have so much land. We'd always kick against the garage. So I would always do whatever my older sister did. Um, So we'd always kick up against my garage after we did our homework with my dad and we'd go outside. So it was rewarding to be able to finish our homework we wanted to do it as fast as we could so we could get outside and play I played for a local team here and then my parents actually kind of came to me and was like hey I think like we did all we could and like pushing you we think you need to go up north which is where better teams were and so they really pushed me to do that and just continued to love the game and we started traveling it was like an hour there an hour back Tuesday Thursdays from I think 11 or 12 until obviously I went off to college so spent a lot of time in the car doing homework or just talking to my parents and just kind of going through that it was so fun just to like see it all pay off throughout the years but went to Madison Comprehensive High School and I actually got to play for my dad there because he coaches high school soccer and I played with my sister my freshman year she was a senior so I did play high school soccer and got to win a state championship my senior year with all the girls I grew up with. There's nothing like it. I went to dinner with them all last night and just seeing them and catching up and never missing a beat once we're back together. It's it's just so much fun. Love where I grew up from. Definitely a small town, different than anywhere probably a lot of people have been, just having a lot of land and not a lot of neighbors. So I definitely love it, though. Well, that's awesome. I told you before we came on the air, I'm also from Ohio. <laughs> and as I mentioned, it's for 419 area code. I didn't realize that it extended all the way to Mansfield. I'm familiar with Mansfield. And of course, the club that you ended up kind of rising to prominence with was the internationals right out of the Cleveland area. Yes. Okay. And let's get names. So your dad sounds like a kind of famous coach. Tell me your mom and dad's names and your sister's name. And did your sister also play college soccer? 
My mom's name is Amy. My dad's name is Zach. And then my two sisters, I have an older sister named Haley. She's the senior who I played my freshman year with. And she played at an NAIA school, Mount Vernon, and played there and then ended up transferring to Ohio State but didn't play soccer. And then my younger sister is a junior in high school and she actually tore her ACL twice so she's been doing rehab but she did play soccer and I know she's going to come back for her senior year hopefully. Okay fantastic and I love that you won that state championship because you know look you just won a national championship for college but I gotta believe the feeling is similar right when you win a state championship for your Mm -hmm. high school team right? You just put in so much work and just like the day the hard days it just makes it all like feels so much better you know like you're going through it with these people for x amount of time and you just want everyone to succeed and everyone adds so much value so just to be around the people you love the most and are with the most and just seeing everyone happy it's it's like a feeling like no other all right i love how you broke down the story of your family and how they came to you taylor huff and said hey you've you know gonna have to travel a little bit and it seems like the better players make that commitment right an hour plus there an hour plus back and it makes such a big difference and when you analyze the entire college tournament including the college cup i think it was like 90 percent of the players played in the ecnl so knowing that you made that move and I don't know how many years you spend in the ECNL, but I guess what I'm leading to, it's kind of a loaded question, but can you just put into words how much the ECNL helped you prepare to be a great collegiate soccer player? Yeah, there's not a league like the ECNL, and just getting to play in it, it was obviously led me to where I am today, and I wouldn't be able to be where I am today if it wasn't for it and getting the exposure. There's no exposure like it, and obviously I'm very thankful for internationals and what they've done for me just I mean, the training is elite and just putting us in the best position. I remember traveling for games as a seventh grader and my friends being like, oh, you can't hang out this weekend. And like just all the commitment and it truly gets you ready for the next level. And I think that's, I mean, best put just gets you ready for the next level. And just the bus trips that internationals made us do to go to play ECNL games. I mean, we do that in college. It's just getting you ready kind of thing. So both ECNL and internationals definitely prepared me in the best way possible. I think I remember such a vivid memory of my eighth grade year. We played against the Hawks in the first game in Florida, I think it was. And just looking out and seeing it had to have been 80 or some just watching us. And I was like, it kind of just hit me. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Like I could go play college soccer. And that's like when I started to believe in myself, I'm like, yeah, I I really want to do this and I really want to compete. And it just pushes you so much. And there's not an environment like that. And I think looking back, it's just, I mean, it prepared me in the best way possible. I want to get to your college choices, but before I do, I want to share with you a heartfelt quote from your internationals coach, Dravko Hopovich. And uh, I'll read it to you now and then get your reaction. He says, happy to hear that you are featuring Taylor on the podcast. Would like to put in a plug in that all the success on and off the soccer field is well earned and deserved. Her commitment to be the best she can be is done with passion, love and respect for the opportunity. It was a true pleasure having her in club and be a part of her growth as a person and the player she is today. I believe her future is bright and I'm her biggest fan. She carries on our culture, standards and expectations each day on her journey to excellence. 
Taylor is a role model to our younger generation of players, and the internationals would not be internationals without players like Taylor. She is special more ways than one, always nourishing our model all for one, one for all. Very nice quote from Dropco. What are your thoughts? Dropko's the best. He just always wants to help in your development. So he'd be like, here, I'm here if you need to work out with anyone. So my best friend, Biz, and I, she goes to West Point and plays soccer. We would get up at 6 a.m. I would drive. I would wake up at whatever time that would have to mean for me to get there at 6 a.m. And I would work out with him. And boy, did he push us. We'd do that once or twice a week and just on top of the training. So Dropko's just one of the best coaches and just cares about your development and anything to do going into college I worked out with him and just he pushed me to be the best person definitely we'll go see him here pretty soon and he's meant a lot to me in my journey and just to hear those words is really cool to hear here with Taylor Huff a national champion now with Florida State and as you heard on her bio and just listening to her she is a winner and I loved how you said there's like 80 college coaches around, and I'm always blown away at every ECNL event that I go to. I was just out in the one in Las Vegas. Uh, that one was for the boys, but college coaches everywhere, Taylor. And, you know, you're getting these letters. You're from Ohio, but clearly maybe somewhere along the way you're like, you know what, I'm going to get out of Ohio and go somewhere else. Like, talk about that process and how you ended up uh, at Tennessee under Brian Penske. It was kind of cool just to see the coaches because they would always give us a list after the games. Oh, these people were here and these people came to watch. So it was cool to see who was coming and watching. And that's when you kind of just like start searching on your computer like, oh, this school is this far away from Ohio. And I always knew I wanted to get out of my comfort zone and challenge myself because I've just always been that way. And I'm like, I'm going to go away. I'm going to challenge myself to go to a different school. So the rules were a bit different when I was getting recruited because they hadn't changed yet. So I actually went on visits in eighth grade and freshman year just because it was so early and that's what it called for. I went on a visit to North Carolina, Tennessee, and kind of just fell in love with both of them and didn't really feel the need to. And I went to West Virginia too. So I kind of fell in love with those and was between Tennessee and North Carolina. And Ryan Fenske is just such a great coach that you just want to play for and he just cares about you as a person and I think that kind of matched with my values I just love soccer everything about it and put everything into it but when someone values you as a person more than a player and just I think that means so much more and even with mental health these days and just talking about it and he just cares so much more about you than what you're adding on the field and I think I felt that so much that I'm like if I'm not playing the best, I know that he's going to be there for me and it doesn't matter. Whereas like other schools, I don't know if I would be valued that much compared to what I felt like Brian would give to me. So definitely knew that he was one of the best coaches in the country and I felt something a bit different. So that's why I committed to Tennessee along with the facilities and everything else made sense in academics. So I chose to go there my end of freshman year going into sophomore year. Great breakdown. And then, you know, you have a breakout year in your freshman campaign as you win the SEC Freshman of the Year. And you know better than anybody, the SEC is loaded. What did it mean to win that esteemed award? It's definitely an honor to win the, like, Freshman of the Year. is super crazy. I was just trying to, I think, prove to myself that I belonged at a big D1 
college, I guess. And just, I was just having fun with it. Honestly, it was so much fun getting to play with such great players and be around them and just continue being great. And I think I was put in the best positions to score goals and have the opportunity to assist and all those things. So just to get freshman of the year for the SEC and playing against such great teams was definitely an honor. Okay, so then you go the second year. You still have another banger of a year. First team all SEC, but the transfer portal is massive. So what was the tipping point moment for Taylor Huff to say, I'm going to enter the portal, and maybe it was entering it with a direct eye on rejoining Brian Penske. Maybe it wasn't. Did you let other coaches talk to you, or was it Brian Penske all the way? (laughs) Yeah, no, it was funny because I I remember Brian, I mean, just talking and saying, like, I had him stressed a bit because – no, I went on visit d- different visits. I was not fully committed on Florida State. I just wanted something different. And I went on visits to Florida State, Duke, and Virginia and loved all of them for different reasons, obviously. But I just had to come back to Florida State because, again, Brian, and just getting to play for Florida State was an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. We're here with Taylor Hoff. She's kicking off our very special national champion edition as we have two national champions from the Florida State Seminoles, both with great things to say about their time in the ECNL and two national champions from the Clemson men's soccer team. I'm going to say it again, but as you sit here collectively a couple weeks after winning the national championship and you let it kind of soak in, I mean, what does it mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I think I just look back at little me growing up just playing soccer and just winning the biggest trophy in college soccer it's so rewarding and it just makes me look back on the years and honestly thank my parents a lot because they had a lot of credit to where I am today and just pushing me. They were never too pushy. They always let me choose and were just encouraging through the way. Definitely a huge thank you to them. I think they are a huge part of where I am at today and just pushing me. But no, just just looking back, I played, used to play for a little team here and just where I am today. It's so cool just to talk to people, too, who've known, known me for a while and supported me for a while. So massive thanks to everyone. And I can't I'm just like feel super blessed to be in the position that I'm in. And I mean, just to have the title is so cool. I'm guessing, Taylor Hoff, that you have a goal of playing professional soccer. If that's the case, what is your plan for the next two years? Because I think you're probably still eligible for a COVID year. Are you eligible for No, I actually am the first grade that doesn't have a COVID year. Okay, so you have one year left. Yes. Your plan is to play at Florida State. So I'd love to know your major as backup, but then confirm for me if you do have professional aspirations. Yeah, my major at Florida State is economics. So kind of just want to go into anything finance, business. But I do want to play professionally anywhere that's possible. I think it would always be cool to live in another country while playing professional soccer. So if that's possible, that would be a super cool opportunity, but obviously we have a very good league here that's developing and progressing very fast, and I think it's a good league in WSL, so that's always an option as well. All right, finally, when you think about your entire career, particularly, again, going back to, by the way, you're a great storyteller about your parents coming to you and saying, hey, it's time to move you to the internationals. When you think about it all, and you hear these four letters, if you could put into words what they mean to you, and those four letters are E-C-N-L. It means so much to me. I I think the biggest thing is just opportunity because without the E-C-N-L, I don't have this opportunity to play at a Division I top college. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, 
if I wasn't seen by these college coaches, I wouldn't be where I am today. So UCNL has given me the opportunity to just be me. And I think they're always just pushing you to be the best and they put you on a platform to be the best and they're setting you up for success. So I think the biggest thing when I think of those four letters, ECNL is opportunity. Oh, that was great. This interview was great. You obviously are great as you won a state championship and you won a national championship at Florida State. Did you win any ECNL titles during your time? We lost the, my final year in this uh, finals actually to Eclipse. Pretty much a winner everywhere you've gone. You did a great job, Taylor Huff. You're the perfect person to kick this off. Florida State Seminole National Champion, Taylor Huff. The real deal. And great to get to know you, Taylor. Love that you got the 419 area code. Thanks for kicking off this week's ECNL podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you, Taylor Huff. And coming up, her teammate, the great Lauren Flynn, another former ECNL superstar who was on the Florida State National Championship team as we roll on with Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Soccer.com is proud to partner with the ECNL to support the continued development of soccer in the U.S. at the highest levels. We've been delivering quality soccer equipment and apparel to players, fans, and coaches since 1984. Living and breathing the beautiful game ourselves, our goal at Soccer.com is to inspire you to play better, cheer louder, and have more fun. Visit Soccer.com today to check out our unmatched selection of gear, expert advice, and stories of greatness at every level of the game. Welcome back to our championship edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, where we talk to two of the superstars from the D1 Women's Soccer Champions, Florida State, the Seminoles taking it down again, and two of the superstars from the Clemson Tigers, who have won two in the last three years. We are now pleased to be joined by Lauren Flynn. Lauren Flynn is a native of Arlington, Virginia, where she played club soccer for ECNL member Club McLean, now known as Virginia Union FC. At high school, she was the United Soccer Coaches High School Scholar All-American for the 2019-2020 season. She was a Virginia First Team All-State in 2019. At McLean ECNL, she was named to the United Soccer Coaches All-East Region Team in 2019. Personally, she was named to the ECNL All-Mid-Atlantic Conference Team in 2019 and 2020 while playing in the ECNL. A center back, she was named to the All-ACC Tournament Team in 21 and probably other times as well, starting all 25 games. She started 22 games for Florida State in 22 and started in all 23 games this year where her team only conceded one goal in the NCAA tournament. She was a strong member of the NCAA National Championship winning team in 21 and now 2023. Talking about Lauren Flynn, who joins me now. Lauren, thanks for being on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And one of the things we talked about before you came on the air is not only did you win another national championship, but you were named the defensive MVP, which is pretty cool, Lauren. That's something that you're probably standing around and you don't even know is coming, right? Yeah, I was shocked because I didn't even realize they did MVPs and I heard my name called and I looked over and my parents were there. So it was it was really nice. Well, let's go back to your ECNL days. You know, clearly the ECNL has propelled so many players to the highest level and on to pro and even the national team. Can you talk about your experience playing in the ECNL from your heart, Lauren Flynn? Yeah, I really enjoyed playing for McLean. I thought it was a great environment. I mean, the coaches were great, and some of my teammates, like, I still talk to every day. And so just the environment there, I really do think helped prepare me for college. And 
I mean, I used to play forward at McLean, so it was always so much fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed it there. We're here with Lauren Flynn, who has won a national championship with Florida State, former ECNL star. And, you know, look, you changed coaches, right? So talk about how you handled that, going from Mark Krikorian to Coach Penske. It was definitely a big change. You know, I think none of us expected it, so that part kind of was tricky. But my older sister actually had played at Tennessee under Brian, so I already had a relationship with him, and I think they did a great job, the entire staff, when they came in, because I know a lot of us, you know, we're, we were a bit nervous. It's hard to have a coaching change after two years being somewhere, but I think they've done an excellent job, and we really feel like our voices are heard, and they're very open, and so they allow us to be ourselves, and their doors are always open. So I think, me personally, I'm very grateful for that, and I because I think you know, what Mark built at Florida State, it was amazing. And just being able to watch that continue to grow, it's been an amazing four years. So yeah, I'm very thankful. I'm looking at some comments from Natter. What's his full name? Assuming he was one of your ECNL coaches. Is that right? Yeah, Natter. Natter Malman. Okay. All right. And he's talking about the fact that you didn't make the ECNL club the first year. You didn't make all conference until like your junior or senior year. So you really are, I think you epitomize what happens when you work hard and don't give up. Is that fair to say, Lauren? Yeah, I remember that. I think I was maybe about to start high school and I tried out for McLean because my older sister had played for them. And I was like, oh, I want to play college soccer too. And the first year I tried out, I didn't make it. And I never wanted to go back. Like I was like, I don't want to go through the tryout process again. And my parents were like, just give it one more go. And if it doesn't work out, then at least you tried. And I was like, okay, fine. And so I went back the next year, tried out, made it. And I remember being so nervous to join an ECNL team. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so scary. And then once like I got into the environment, it was amazing. And just the teammates and coaches there were amazing. So I'm very glad I went back the second year. Yeah, look at what all has happened to you with all these awards and national championships. It's just incredible. And, you know, look, you already mentioned the fact that you played as a winger and a forward. So was it Mark Krikorian that said, hey, Lauren Flynn, I want to make you a defender? Like, how did that happen, Lauren? So my first fall at Florida State, I was still playing winger. And then we came back for the spring. And that was during the kind of weird COVID season where we had a, a season in the fall and the spring. One of our center backs had gone pro. And so the first day of spring, I remember Mark called me into his office and was like, okay, we're going to try you out a center back. And I was like, really me? I said, okay, I'm open to try. Just, you know, see how it goes. And it definitely took some time, but I'm so glad that I was able to make that switch and that the people around me were able to help me. And I think like all my teammates and coaches helped me so much with that transition and yeah, I never would have imagined it, but I'm very happy that I've had the opportunity to play center back. As you ponder your future, and I think you can tell us here on the podcast that you're still thinking about it, but do you want to play pro soccer? And if so, do you want to go as a center back or you just want to go as a soccer player? That's a lot of questions in, in one question there, Lauren. Good luck with that. <laughs> I'll try to answer that. I definitely do want to play professionally. Uh, that's always been my goal. And I think in terms of position, I'd say I'm open to play whatever. Like, 
I would play any position, honestly, to be on the field. So I'm not too picky, but I definitely feel like the last few years have prepared me and I've gotten so much more comfortable with center back that to the point where it feels natural. I would be willing to play any position. If they need a ref on the field, I'll help out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not too picky, but that's definitely my goal. All right. Well, let's uh, get to know you a little bit better. Tell me about your family. You mentioned that you had one sister that played at Tennessee. What is she doing now? Do you have other brothers and sisters? Let's hear names, your mom and dad's names, and talk a little bit about, uh, did you grow up in Virginia your whole life? Yeah. So I've lived in Arlington my whole life, kind of a soccer playing family. Well, first, my parents' names are Debbie and Chris, and my dad played golf at George Washington University, and that's where my parents met. And so then they moved to Virginia and we've grown up there and my older sister went and played at Tennessee for Brian. And so she loved her experience. She played pro for a year in Puerto Rico. Now she works in DC. She has a big girl job. And then my younger sister also plays soccer and she just started at the University of Miami. So now we're rivals. She unfortunately got injured at the beginning of the season, but was still able to travel because Miami played at Florida State. And so we got to have a whole family reunion. So that was really special. Just being able to share that with my sisters. And whenever we're home, like we love to go out, just play pickup or train together. I think that has made such a big difference for me and helped me like with my competitiveness. And also because everything, you know, you want to beat your siblings. So so your older sister that's got the big girl job in D.C., her name is? Her name is Megan. Megan. Yeah. My little sister at Miami, her name is Mora. Mora. We're here with Lauren Flynn, who won another national championship with Florida State. And that means another ring, right? The ring that you already won, where do you keep that? They give it to us in little boxes, so I have them on a shelf. I brought them home this break so I could show my dad them. The seniors get to design the rings. So this year we just had a call about the ACC ring and the national championship ring. So I'm very excited about that. And we're here with Lauren Flynn from McLean ECNL, now known as Virginia Union FC, and more importantly with the Florida State women's soccer team that won yet another national championship. And Lauren Flynn was named the defensive MVP. Can you just talk about the mentality of the Florida State Seminoles? Because it just seems like you guys are built for this, for winning championships, whether it's in the ACC or whether it's a national championship, the mentality of the team's always pretty good, isn't it, Lauren? I think the culture at this program is just next level. And, you know, the standard is set very high, which I think is a great thing because it forces us to push ourselves and each other to be the best players, best teammates we can. And so I think that kind of standard set is what helps us be so successful because we know what's expected of us and what's expected of the people around us. And so you want to do well, not only for yourself, but for the entire team. So I think that mentality of the team wins, you win is kind of what helps us be successful on the field and off the field. Right. That's a great answer. And then Lauren, as I think about the fact that you didn't make it on your first tryout, didn't really want to go back, but then did go back. You know, Michael Jordan actually got cut as well, and he turned out to be a pretty good basketball player, you know, so it takes some some fortitude and dedication. What's your message to the young girls that are out there listening right now to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, if they don't make a team at a certain time? what What's your message to them, Lauren Flynn? I think a really big part of it is mentality, because 
not making something or not making a team or not performing well, it can really hurt your confidence. And I mean, I know from experience, like confidence is everything. So when you, when you fail, it can be really discouraging. And, you know, like in my case, I really, I honestly didn't want to try again because I didn't want to fail again. But I think having that mentality of just believing in yourself, regardless of the situation and knowing that if you're going to fail, you're going to fail trying your hardest because if you never try your hardest, you never know. And so I think just focusing on the mental side as well as the physical side and the soccer side and just continuing to believe in yourself and knowing that if you work hard, good things will come. It definitely took me a while to realize like how big of a role confidence and mentality plays and that it's something that you have to work at too, just like anything else. When you hear these four letters and you reflect on them and particularly what they meant for your development to land at Florida State, what do you think of? And the four letters are ECNL. What does ECNL mean to Lauren Flynn? For me, it just means like opportunities because the opportunities I've gotten as a result of being a part of the ECNL program and just the skills I've developed. And also I think I think joining the ECNL program allowed me to get way more exposure than I would have had and allowed me to get to Florida State in the first place. And so I'm so thankful for that because I know all the kids watching will know how all the emails you write, it can seem a lot, but it's definitely worth it. And I remember, I don't think I even emailed Florida State because I honestly thought they were a little too good. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. I don't need to write another email, but... It was at a showcase that they saw me, one of the ECNL showcases. I want to say the one in Florida. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that has just completely changed my soccer career, just having that opportunity. And so looking back, I'm very grateful for the opportunity and also just the development that ECNL gave me and just being able to be a part of it. Your journey is incredible, including I had no idea that you had a sister that had already played for Brian that had to make the coaching change even easier because You know, you had your sister kind of backing up that notion as well. Last question, and it's kind of a little bit of a repeat toward what I said before, but, you know, you were so open before we went on the air about the fact that, you know, you do have a COVID year, you've got a big decision. So with that big decision, I'd love to know what your major is so I can kind of understand if you do come back, what you want to focus on, and if you don't play soccer after college, what you want to focus on, Lauren, because I think what you're telling me is every night it's a a big decision for you, right? To decide on whether to come back for another year. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think it's, it's a wonderful thing to have two great options. So I am very thankful for that. I've tried to take the past few days and, you know, try to sort things out. And I feel like some days I wake up one thing in mind and I go to sleep with the other. Brian and the coaching staff have been great in telling me, follow your heart, we'll support you no matter what, which has been really nice to hear. Two great options. So what's your major? What are you going to graduate with? Or maybe you already have. So I graduated last year. I came in with a good amount of AP credits, which really helped. So I graduated with a political science major, and then I've started grad school for this past semester for public administration. I've really enjoyed all the programs I've been a part of at Florida State. Lauren Flynn's not playing soccer, or let's say Lauren Flynn has a 10-year career in the NWSL and then retires. What do you think, uh, what would be the dream job outside of soccer for Lauren Flynn? Well, a 10-year career in the NWSL does sound like a dream. (laughs) 
So that would be a great start. And then I think, you know, growing up, I'm from right outside of DC. So I was always fascinated by like the government and how it worked. And when I was little, I thought, oh, you know, it could be fun to be a congresswoman. I don't know if that's still the goal, but I do find like learning about the government and all that to be really interesting. I think there's a lot of of good that goes on and a lot of things that can improve too. So maybe something with like environmental reform or even like Title IX cases, I think that stuff is so interesting and and there's so much room for improvement in some of these areas. So that stuff, I think I would be really passionate about. As of right now, undecided. <laughs> well, there's a lot of depth that I answer and it was great. And this interview was great. Lauren Flynn, I want to congratulate you on a spectacular four years at Florida State, maybe a fifth year, maybe not. We'll wait and see. We'll all kind of be watching together. It's certainly been a joy watching you on the field and then bigger joy having you on this week's edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Lauren Flynn, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. It's our national championship edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Off to a great start as we meet Taylor Huff, who played for the International Soccer Club out of Ohio and was a star for Florida State, the former 2020 Ohio Girls Player of the Year. And you just heard from the very talented Lauren Flynn, who may be going pro early. She's got a tough decision to make, but any decision she makes is going to be a good one. Those are the two Florida State superstars as Florida State won the D1 women's soccer title. When we return, we'll meet two of the stars from the Clemson men's national championship team as they also have won two in the last three years. Up first from Clemson will be Tyler Trimnell, who played for the Charlotte Soccer Academy and had great things to say about Steve Gummer and Brad Wild and all the great coaches at CSA. And then we'll finish with the captain of the Clemson team, Brandon Phillips, who during the interview clearly states he's hoping to get drafted. Well, guess what? He did get drafted by Major League Soccer's D.C. United seventh pick in the second round, 36 overall. So more champions to come as up next we visit with Clemson Tigers men's national championship players Tyler Trimnell, followed by Brandon Phillips. Nike is a proud sponsor of ECNL Girls. Nothing can stop what we can do together to bring positive change to our communities. You can't stop sport because hashtag you can't stop our voices. Follow Nike on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The ECNL is pleased to announce Quick Goal as the official goal provider and partner for ECNL Girls and ECNL Boys, a new partnership created to support the growth and development of the country's top players, clubs, and coaches. At all national events, including national playoffs and national finals, the Quick Goal Coaches Corner will provide hospitality and social space for ECNL girls, ECNL boys, and collegiate coaches. Quick Goal will also be the presenting sponsor of the National championship winning ECNL girls and ECNL boys coaches of the year and the ECNL girls and ECNL boys goals of the year. Quick Goal looks forward to helping the ECNL continue to elevate the standards of youth soccer and provide more opportunities to players on and off the field in the coming years. Welcome back to our very special NCAA Division One 
ECNL podcast, Breaking the Line, where we're joined by two of the Florida State stars and two of the Clemson stars. For Clemson, we begin with Tyler Trimnell, who has been with the Charlotte Soccer Academy for eight years. He spent three years in the ECNL. He was part of the academy before that. He was the leading goal scorer several seasons for CSA, including back-to-back league conference championships in 17 and 19. His mom graduated from Clemson. He has two sisters, Alex and Dabney. Dad is an attorney. And with that, we're pleased to welcome in the national champion from the Clemson Tigers who beat Notre Dame in the final in Louisville, talking about Tyler Trimnell from CSA. Tyler, welcome to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Yeah, thank you. Excited to be here. Obviously, big to win it in your sophomore year. Let's first talk about what it means to be a national champion. How's that feel? How's that sound, Tyler? It's amazing, you know, going to college, you expect to go in, have a good time, try to get better. And, you know, I came into Clemson and immediately understood that the culture that we set and the environment was a national championship culture. You had to adjust to it quick because it's just the standard at Clemson. And I think the team all year said that we wanted to accomplish great things. And, you know, it's just amazing to look back at a season when you said these are your goals and that you accomplished them in that season. It's just incredible. Tyler, you're obviously here on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, not only representing Clemson as a national champion, but representing Charlotte Soccer Academy. I mentioned you've been there for eight years. I actually know the Charlotte Soccer Academy well, know Brad Wild, know the president, Jim Canalupo, great organization. Can you kind of talk about your eight years with CSA? Before CSA, I was locally playing at a club called Discoveries, which isn't a club anymore. They combine with independents. U12 or U11, I decided to come over into CSA's program just because like I could just see the greatness and the players there were just developing well. And, you know, I wanted to join that. And, you know, CSA has been great to me. Brad Wild and Steve Gummer, probably the two most influential guys in my career, but there's so many. Ben Cook, Ray Frazier. There's so many coaches. There's more than that, but those are just the ones I can name off the top of my head. But CSA is an amazing club. And, you know, sometimes I like to say it's a little underrated because we have a lot of talent that comes out of there and the coaches do a great job producing players to the next level. And, you can see even in the draft list this year, there's still there's guys in there from CSA, too. So, you know, it's just really impressive to see what those guys do and all their work get shown at the next level. So I just I love being a part of CSA. You're hearing the voice of Tyler Trimnell, a national champion member with the Clemson Tigers. They just won it a week ago. And now he's on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Look, you're rolling along in the U.S. Soccer D.A., when you got word that collapsed and they told you you were headed to the ECNL, just kind of as the ECNL was starting to percolate, I feel like right now, I mean, the word that I heard was 40% of the players in that final on Monday came from the ECNL. But Tyler, I mean, you're kind of in the middle of it. You're still young, right? So can you walk me through like sort of your thought process when you knew that the DA had folded with U.S. soccer and your team had to find another home? When it folded, CSA was very like open and they told us that they were planning on joining the ECNL and there's teams in the ECNL that could 100% compete with the best of the MLS next pro. And like my team in Charlotte, I felt was one of those teams because it was basically the same team that came from DA. No one really left our team. And if anything, we got players from the MLS next pro team, like Sammy Colby at Charlotte and Carter Nunnery at Charlotte as well. So our team was very, very high level. And I felt 
that the ECNL, it really wasn't a drop off for me. I, I felt that honestly, the ECNL was more balanced with the showcases. I felt sometimes the showcases were even better with the ECNL. Like I remember we had a showcase in Greer and it was during COVID and ECNL did an amazing job like streaming that for coaches to watch us because there was so many coaches on the stream. The ECNL does a great job at getting their players to the D1 level. And even you can see that there's ECNL players. There was one that played in Florida that just scored a goal in Europe you know, the other day that I played against in a showcase. So you can just see the talent coming from the ECNL and it's, it's, it's a very high level. Tyler Trimnell, part of two outstanding players from Clemson that played in the ECNL joining us on today's edition of breaking the line, the ECNL podcast. What was the greatest memory during your time at CSA? I mean, you did a lot of great things. You scored a ton of goals, as I already mentioned in the open right there. Tyler, what was your greatest memory as a member of CSA? I think my greatest memory would probably have to be the two seasons with uh, Steve Gummer, where we won the, the league back-to-back. -back. In those years, we were just it was just a very dominant team. So many memories from those, those teams, because those boys are like my brothers. Until this day, we're all in contact. I think the best memories would just be like cracking up with Gummer on the field. Like he's what a coach and like his personality is so fun. He makes you laugh every day. So it's, it's just it's just a fun environment. That's awesome. As we're here with Tyler Trimnell, as I mentioned, was named to the ECNL all national all region team. He captained the 2019 U.S. Club Soccer Champions and was the 2020 Max Preps leading goal scorer in South Carolina for all classifications. Along with all of his on-field accomplishments, he finished top five academically in his class. I feel like you can hear that during this interview. And one thing that kind of tipped the hat to go to Clemson, where he's now a national champion, is he's been a lifelong Clemson fan as his mom graduated from the university in 1995. So that must mean that you're a big Clemson football fan. Because when I see lifelong Clemson fan, I think Clemson football. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I was uh, – honestly, I was – so the first national championship that Dabo Sweeney won with Deshaun Watson and that team, I was uh, I was at that game in Tampa. So it was – that was awesome. So, yeah, I've been a lifelong Clemson fan. And then your two sisters, Alex and Damney, what are they doing now? Alex is actually playing in the ECNL. She's at CSA and uh, she's she's – enjoying it she's trying to improve i think she has aspirations to play in college so interested to see where her career takes her um dabney actually just got into clemson yesterday and accepted so she's coming to clemson next year so it's exciting it's exciting well i can tell tyler that you're a quality young man and that family is important to you so i love that you're keeping an eye on both your younger sisters you guys are tight huh the thing with my sisters are like we're a very competitive family and even though even though like Alex is younger than me, she'll come home and be like, oh yeah, one of the coaches said that I'm way better than you at this age. And like, <laughs> like she's just constantly keeping it competitive, which is what, which is what it's about. You know, like I, I wish the best for her. I hope she is better than me, like in, in her career. I hope she becomes like the next Alex Morgan, but you know, it's just a great um, relationship there with my sisters. Tyler Trimnell played for Charlotte Soccer Academy. I'm glad you mentioned Brad Wild because he's the CEO, and it sounds like you at least still had the opportunity to interact with him. Did he coach some of your teams as well? Brad Wild coached my U14 and U15 development academy team. Brad was, like, also one of those guys who's just – it was a great coach and had a lot of influence on me. Actually, Brad was probably one of the guys that, like, I was a I was still like a kid on Brad's team, and I feel like Brad had a lot to do with like my my maturity and growing up a little bit and understanding really, like if you want to make it in the game, you got to take it more serious. 
And I think at that point, that age, I was still kind of just having fun with it. And Brad was like, look, you know, it's competitive. You got to, you got to, if you want to make the decision to play the next level, you got to step it up and take it seriously. And he had a lot of influence on me just as much, just as much as Gummer. And um, yeah, but Brad's a great guy. Honestly, he's a, he's top class, played professionally. He's a big Tottenham fan, which is shaky, but (laughs) yeah, but no, he's a great guy. The reasons for going to Clemson are, you know, really well laid out here because you're a lifelong fan, but you're coming in there after they had won a national championship. So you clearly knew that when you go to Clemson, I think the way Coach Noonan said it to me the other day was that you have three goals, win the ACC, win the ACC tournament, and win the national championship, which are always ambitious. But the fact that you did it in just your second year, at what point during this season, Tyler Trimnell, did you know this team had the moxie and the swagger and the ability to win a national championship? I'll be completely honest. Uh, the first five games of the season was a slow start for us. Honestly, kind of shook the locker room a little bit because we all could see the talent on the roster. Like the talent was top to bottom. We had the team to do it, but it didn't click in the first five games. And then we took an away trip to USF and we were down one nil at halftime. And we had some leaders come in the locker room, some older guys, seniors, fifth years. They just kind of made a speech and, you know, words were, were, were going around the locker room. And it just kind of like we settled down in there and we were like, this isn't who we want to be. Like, we know that we had the team to fix this and we just have to do it. So we went out in the second half and it ended up being 3-2 as the final score, I think. And we won on a winner. And that game, like after that game, you could just feel, I think the team could just feel like, you know, this is a special group. And since then, if you really look at our record since that game, we did lose the Wake Forest, but that Wake Forest game, we had a red card in the 60th minute, which killed us. So it wasn't like a straight up, we lost the game. And I don't think we would have lost without the red card. So I think that uh, after that game, th- th- we really, there was no looking back. The team just was, we just kept going and going and we wanted more. And that was really the tor- turning point of the season, I think. Well, that's so well said. And you've heard the overused cliche that defense wins championships. But the fact that you went the entire tournament short of, you know, the 89th minute on a penalty kick without allowing any goals in the NCAA tournament at the men's level, Tyler, that is just amazing. What got locked in with your team defensively? Was it buy-in from all 11 that were on the field? or Talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think coach always stresses coach was a center back in, in uh in his professional days. So he, he's, you know, defense wins championships, which it 100% does. You can't win without those clean sheets are crucial because you get one goal and you're in. Like, yes, that's what it matters. That's what matters. But um no, I mean, I think if you look at our back line just it, I mean, the talent level at the back at the back is ridiculous. The wing backs, you got guys, even guys off Sean Smart, Arthur, and then you got guys off the bench like Remy. He could start anywhere, I think. And uh, you got guys like Gael, who's just a leader for us all year, came from Oregon State, and, you know, he's amazing. And then, obviously, Popmar, who's got the GA contract, Adam Lundegaard, who's our captain. So, I mean, that back line and Joseph and goal, like, we're not even talking about – Joseph's probably the best keeper in the country. So, that back line is special, man. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be sad to see a lot of those guys leave. But from a team standpoint, the defensive organization is just something that we really pride ourselves on. And, you know, the coaches tactically – they stress it to us all week, our plan, and, you know, they get it right most of the time. So it's, it's just about us going out there and executing it at that, at that point. Going back to that final whistle when you had held on to beat Notre Dame, 
What do you remember doing, Tyler Trimno? Who did you run to first? What did you do when that final whistle blew for you guys to be the national champs? When that final whistle whistle blew, I just kind of fell and it like just like in a, like a little bit of like wow, like I don't like it was really hard to take in and in, in the immediate thing. But then I I ended up running to the fans and I saw my dad and my mom and I just hugged them and thanked them because you know they're just as much of a part of this as, as anything that I've done without them traveling to all the ECNL showcases and doing all the little things that they did for me my whole life. You know, it's just an amazing moment to share with them because they deserve that. All right. I know you've got three nicknames, maybe more, but work me through the three nicknames if you can. Okay. So Rashford was because when Rashford was coming up from the Academy, I was, I'm a main United fan. So that's it. So Rashford was my favorite player. And uh, I kind of like the play style of Rashford, like running in behind and getting in behind defenders and, and just running direct at pace. And I coach Yummer, love that one for me. Um, so that's where that came from. But uh, Trimmy is like just my last name. Trim Nolan, everyone just calls me Trimmy. They just make it short. No one really calls me Tyler, especially at CSA. It's <laughs> Trimmel, Trimmel, Trimmel. Trimmy was what stuck there. And that's just like because of my last name. And then uh, what was the other one? Smash and grab. Oh, smash. <laughs> yeah, that's Gummer as well. Um, so James Kelly also was ECNL player of the year on our team. He was grab and I was smashed. So we both played up top for <laughs> Charlotte and we were scoring goals for fun. So Gummer just gave us like a little shake and bake nickname, but he made it smash and grab. So it's like, it's, it's funny. I love it. Yeah. Talladega Knights is one of my favorites. So instead of shake and break, it's smash and grab. That's awesome. All right. What are you majoring in in Clemson, Tyler? I'm majoring in financial management. It's picking up now. I mean, uh, we I had two exams after I got back off the plane from the national championship. So that was tough. But, you know, it's a, it's a good major. It's Clemson's a great school, so I'm going to have to work hard. <laughs> That's just how it is. What is your future plans? Are you thinking about doing four full years at Clemson and then trying to test the pro waters? There's so many professional opportunities now with the growth of USL championship and usl league one and then also mls is you know massive now what, what what are your aspirations so obviously my dream is to play professional soccer no matter where that is or what opportunity i'll be grateful for it definitely professional soccer is like my a right now but uh my b like backup plan is uh you know get your get your degree that's important to me because you know there's a life after soccer but definitely probably working in some finance industry, maybe financial real estate, something I'm really interested in. So, you know, I'm just playing it by ear right now, enjoying life for sure. Professional footy is my favorite. That's what I want to do. And then just kind of a fun one here. You talked about your love for your family. I'm so glad that you found your mom and dad in the crowd after winning the national championship. Where's the go-to getaway place for the Trimnall family? Where, where's the place that uh, your favorite vacation spot? Mm. When I was younger, it was uh, Colorado. We love skiing. So skiing was big. But uh, as I've gotten older, and my mom doesn't like the cold as much, we go to uh, we try to get away somewhere in like in the Keys because me and my dad like to fish. So we'll go deep sea fishing and my mom would just hang out by the beach. So it's, it's, it's pretty fun stuff in Florida. You can't go wrong there. So as you think about what it means to be a national champion at Clemson, the university that you dreamed about going to all the time, what will be your biggest takeaway from winning that? And maybe it's winning more. I'll give you a little backstory here. Uh, coming in as a freshman, Clemson was the national championship winners in 21. So all the freshmen were, we were at the ring ceremony with Clemson and they handed out all their rings and you just see these nice 
these nice boxes, these diamond shiny <laughs> rings. And you're just like, how do I get one of those? That's why I kept thinking that that whole night. And, you know, last year faced a lot of adversity. It wasn't as smooth sailing as we thought, you know, we had a down year, I would say as a program, because we, we won no trophies and that's the standard at Clemson. And then this coming into this off season, we were just like, you know, this is what Clemson does. We, you know, we had a bad year, but we're going to get back to the top and we won it and we won the ACC. And then we were like, let's go for another one. And we went for another one. And I think it just, it just shows that like next year, I, no matter, no matter what, like I, Clemson will always compete for trophies and don't be surprised next year if we're back again. I like hearing that. Finally, I caught my last word or in case they missed it question to end it. And Tyler Trimnall, if, People heard nothing but what you're going to say right now about your three years in the ECNL with the Charlotte Soccer Academy. What do you want to make sure they hear about your three years in the ECNL? I just would want them to know that, like, I was playing for the raw enjoyment of the game. If any ECNL guys are listening right now, I would just say enjoy your time with your brothers because those guys, like, you're going to be able to go see them back when you come home from college. And those relationships that you make in that ECNL team, those are the relationships you'll have for the rest of your life. And that's kind of what I feel. It was a family for me. And every time I go back to Charlotte and I go train with the, the I train with the younger kids, I train with all of them. It's just a family. Remember just to enjoy your time and create those relationships because you don't get that opportunity again in life to be at an ECNL and it's fun. Just enjoy it. Great words of advice and congratulations on being a national champion. So glad you could join us on this week's edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah, thank you. When we return, we meet one of Tyler's teammates, the captain, Brandon Parrish, who was just selected in the second round with the seventh pick, 36th overall by DC United. Brandon Parrish, a Tennessee SC ECNL alum. He started in the final and scored the first goal. The captain of the Clemson Tigers drafted this week by Major League Soccer's DC United. Brandon Parrish rounds out the show after this message. From athletes just starting to turn heads to some of the best athletes to ever play their games, Gatorade shows that they are the proven fuel of the best. For the athletes who give everything, nothing beats Gatorade, the studied, tested, and proven fuel of the ECNL. What a great championship edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, where we talk to two of the Florida State Seminoles champions who played in the ECNL and two of the Clemson men's soccer team Tigers who played in the ECNL. And that includes now Brandon Parrish, who captained his team to a national championship, his second in three years. He wears number 11. Brandon Parrish, welcome to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thanks for having me. Brandon, you know better than anybody how hard it is to win a national championship. You did it two years ago. This time you were the captain. You did it again. I mean, it's simply amazing. Can you put into words what it takes to win a national championship? Because you did it twice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, like you alluded to, it's a, it's a very difficult task, and it's something that everyone who goes to college soccer dreams of and hopes to accomplish. But uh, as far as putting it into words uh, – I don't know how much I really can. It's it's about the guys on that team, and it's about a, a certain group of people that can make it happen uh, behind the scenes. And I got to believe, Brandon, in addition to the ring, which you'll keep forever, when you win a national championship together with a group of young men, it'll probably bind you guys together forever as well, don't you think? 
Oh, 100%. You know, we had seniors in 21, obviously, who have left and gone on to do all kinds of other things. And I still get text messages from, messages from them weekly and uh, monthly. And some of the ones I wasn't even maybe that close to, I'll still hear from every now and then. And uh, it's been pretty awesome. And obviously, this run also kind of fed into that. And they were all reaching out throughout the whole postseason and rooting us on and, and things like that. So we'll have the memories and things like that that'll last us the rest of our lives. Absolutely. All right, Brandon, let's rewind and the best that you can. I mean, you're young enough where your memory is a lot better than mine. But if you could tell us, you know, where you grew up, tell us a little bit about your family and then tell us about the clubs you played for in your high school. I know that's a lot, but it's a podcast. So take your time and kind of fill in the blanks so we can get to know you a little better. Is that OK? Yeah. So, you know, my, my youth soccer career was spread all kind of over the place. Um you know, I'm a kid from originally Franklin, Tennessee, and now I've moved out to Fairview, Tennessee in high school. Originally, I was with the club called TNFC, who merged with Brentwood Soccer Academy and turned into T Tennessee Soccer Club, so TSC. Um, so I was there for, I think, two years or maybe one year right after they turned into TSC. And then uh, Atlanta United's DA Academy um, became a thing. So I moved down there uh, for the first year of, of the Atlanta United DA Academy and was a part of that academy. When I got to about February of my freshman year of high school, which is when that was, I fractured my L4, my L5, and my lower lumbar, my vertebrae. So I moved back home because at the time I was living with the host family down there. I wasn't actually living with my parents. So I moved home, did rehab here, started playing high school soccer in the spring to try and kind of get my feet back underneath me. And then just decided I didn't want to leave. So um, I would play for a club called Darlington Soccer Academy. And then I played for a club called NFC, which is also right here in Nashville, who ended up combining with TSC as well. So I ended up back with TSC and played a, a lot of things with them and also Darlington out in Rome, Georgia. As I grew up through TSC and towards the end of my career, obviously, uh, there wasn't as much of a need for me to push for all the college showcases and things like that because I'd already committed early in my junior year. Uh, so I kind of just enjoyed the the last two years I had with TSC and enjoyed soccer and obviously worked on my development, of course, but didn't really have to stress it too much, which is uh, pretty, pretty blessed to say that. That meant you just got a little cup of coffee with the ECNL, but I can tell, I mean, you're a captain, you're a leader. I can tell that you're smart enough to realize right away that the ECNL was going to do things right. Is that fair to say? Yeah, ECNL was really getting really starting to get kicking for the for the boys side right it's kind of i was exiting from what i've seen that year my friends who needed it um for the showcases and things like that they loved it um and it was amazing for them it was an amazing experience amazing process and and when i had chances to i would go to a, a showcase with with the cnl team for tsc and i really enjoyed the showcase myself i mean i went to to philly on for a showcase and that was a cool experience. I really enjoyed doing that and being with my friends who were also a part of that team. And uh, it's been awesome to see how ECNL has grown and become more of a awesome platform for these kids to be seen. We're here with Brandon Parrish, who just captained the Clemson Tigers to yet another national championship under Mike Noonan. And Mike Noonan is somebody I've known since his Brown days, really have mad respect for him. Can you talk a little bit about what he brings as a head coach? Oh, he's amazing. I mean, uh, he's the mad scientist. He's the one who makes everything click behind the scenes, even if you don't really see it as much. Um, you know, from the minute I went on an official visit there my junior year of high school to the minute I left, his promise to me was to make me a better man and a better person before making me a better soccer player. And, you know, from from when I got there freshman year and looking at it now and where I am now, he's he's 100% accomplished that. And I've grown up a lot under him and I've understood a, a lot about 
you know, that maturity level and what it takes to be a professional underneath him. So I can't thank Coach Noonan enough for everything he's done for me. Brandon, to be fair, I don't think I'm overstating it when I say that Clemson has sent a lot of players on to the next level, MLS, overseas, even on to the national team. We're recording this a day before the MLS draft. It'll air a day after the MLS draft. Uh, you were pretty clear with me before we went on the air that it's your hope that your name will be called as part of the MLS draft. What will that mean to Brandon Parrish? Uh, it would mean everything. You know, you, you look at the kid like we talked about who had a crazy youth career and his dream was always to play professional soccer and did everything he could just to get to Clemson. And now if you told that kid he's getting a dream to to be in the draft and getting a chance to go professional, I mean, it would mean everything. And it still does now. Uh, it doesn't matter how many years later. So, you know, it would be absolutely amazing to hear my name called tomorrow. But even if it doesn't, I'll be OK and I'll still uh, keep chasing that dream and, and figure it out as I go. And editor's note, as you've heard me say already, Brandon went seventh in the second round, 36 overall. He's headed to D.C. United. Not everybody can go to school, play the sport they love, and get an education. You did that. What was your major, Brandon, that uh, maybe you can fall back on later? Yeah, so I majored in communications with a minor in athletic leadership. You know, I was more proud of my minor because... It gives me the opportunity to really stay in the sports game, which is what I love to do. I love to be around sports, around the field, pitch, whatever you want to call it. But my, my major being in communications, obviously, things like this. I love to talk. I love to, you know, tell my story and things like that and help other people. So any way that I can do that and fall back on that later on, I think, is, is a plus. All right. It's kind of cool that while by Clemson standards in football, they're down a little bit. The other football is way, way up. But yet, going to a Clemson football game is, from what I understand, like uh, an amazing experience. Can you put into words what, what that's like? Oh, it's uh, it's it's one of a kind, that's for sure. Um, you know, the football stadium only seats, I think, 85,000 or something like that. Um, but you'll have over 150,000 people on our small campus in, in Clemson, South Carolina. And it's, it's an all-day event. You'll have everyone from anywhere, from... Atlanta to Charlotte to all across the country people come in with their RVs I mean it's it's an unreal experience it's a lot of fun and it's something really cool that we get to get to experience it's awesome yeah it's definitely a religion and speaking of religions though Clemson had a team win the national championship on the men's side and on the women's side a team that made it to the college cup have you been able to create a bond with the women's team as well as you're rolling along yeah, absolutely. Uh, my freshman year and, and is when it really started, where the team started getting really close instead of just kind of being companions. And and nowadays, you know, leaving my senior year, uh, the two teams are we're best friends. So we do a lot of things together. We hang out together. And in the summer, even you get there in June, there's nobody else on campus, but it doesn't really matter because we're still hanging out with the women's team who's who's our best friend. So uh, that that relationship's gotten really close. And you know, we both want the best for each other. And to see this year, obviously, we're rooting them on in New Hampshire when they were in their final four game. We're watching it. And uh, so it's it's awesome to see. And it's awesome to see the support and love from both sides. And and I think this year obviously shows the success of both programs. And it's pretty amazing. You very much sound like a captain. That's a great honor. What what did it mean to be the captain of the National Championship Clemson soccer team? Oh, I, I it's hard to put that into words, too. It's pretty amazing. I mean, just being given the opportunity, obviously, to, to lead the guys who who I love and consider family is an honor. And then to be national champions on top of that is it's 
pretty cool. I mean, it made me speechless after the game when I'm looking around at all these guys and the, what we were able to accomplish. And you look at all the new faces and stuff we had in August and we knew it was going to be challenging, but that, that group of guys made it pretty easy for me. I mean, we came together as a group and like I said, we we're family. So um, it was pretty awesome. You know, I look at my captains from 2021 and that national championship year and all I could think in my head was, you know, how can I live up to them? How can I do as good for, for my team as they did for me? Because they were unbelievable then too, George Marks and, and James Brighton. So, you know, I have great role models and leaders ahead of me that have made it pretty easy for, for me to understand what it takes. And all I can do is try and pass that on. I love the many ties that you and I have. My wife's family's from Franklin, Tennessee. I think just a wonderful city. I love that. And then you mentioned George Marks. My son went to high school with George Marks as well. What a great guy. Well, where's, where is George right now? He's at Charlotte. He's with the first team for Charlotte. Yeah. I mean, that, that's another thing about, you know, tomorrow's draft, right? I mean, just so many Tigers have, have heard their name called. We obviously come to Clemson to win championships, but we come to Clemson to develop and, and send us to the next level, which is a big part of, of Mike Newton's philosophy is he's preparing us for that next level. And, you know, in 2021, we had five or six guys' names called, I believe, and and we've had uh, two number one picks in the last four years. So it's, uh, it's a big deal at Clemson to, to try and not only win the championship, but also be ready for that next level and, and hope to hear your name called. Let's pretend right now that your name is called and you have an opportunity to speak at the podium, Brandon. I think the biggest thing is thanking the right people. So if your name is called and you're at the podium like you are right now, who are you thanking? Who, who made a difference in getting you there? There's an insane amount of people on the list and I'll never be able to list everybody. But obviously my mom and dad and my family are number one. You know, they... They've done everything for me. Like I said, I didn't even live at home my freshman year at high school because they wanted me to pursue my dreams. So my mom and dad have done everything for me. And I wish that I can just, you know, give back to them. My little brother's always supported. My older brother's always supported me. You know, Mike Noonan, like I said, he helped me grow a lot, not only as a player, but as a person and as a man. So I'm very thankful for him and the coaching staff of Phil Jones, Camilo Rodriguez, Rob Todson, and uh, this year Malik and Bai. They're amazing over there. The coaching staff over there is unbelievable. And then, you know, I look at my youth clubs. I look at Chad Little from Darlington. I look at, you know, Tennessee Soccer Club and Diego, who was my coach there for for TSC. And and I look at, you know, Nashville United when I was playing with Noosa. And I look at Robbie Stewart and Alan O'Connor and those guys. I've had a lot of people help me along the way, and I'll forever be grateful. And the best thing I can do is continue to live out that dream that they helped me, helped me get to, so... All right, Brandon Parrish, last question, because you are living the dream. You won not one, but two national championships at Clemson. We do anticipate by the time this airs, you'll know where you're drafted in MLS. There's a lot of young ECNL boys playing right now that are listening in to hear your story and your path and everything you did and overcoming that injury, which is remarkable. What's your message to them, Brandon Parrish, about pursuing their dreams if they do want to take it to the next level in soccer? Never quit. Never give up and give everything you've got. Because for me, you know, I was a small town kid out of out of Tennessee and I never had any big schools kind of, you know, hunting me down. And then Clemson gave me an offer. It wasn't a big offer, but it was enough. And, you know, I looked at my parents and I said, I'm going to take the challenge. I'm going to bet on myself. So always bet on yourself. You never know where you'll end up as long as you give your all and, and you chase your dreams. Great answer. Great interview. Brandon Parrish, the captain of the Clemson men's soccer team. They win two national championships during his four years at Clemson. And hopefully by the time this airs, we know where he's headed in MLS. Brandon Paris, great job. Thanks for being on. All right. Thank you.
Go Tigers. All right, go Tigers and go Seminoles, our D1 men's and women's champions, respectively. I want to thank all four of our outstanding guests. Also want to thank Ashley Willis and the gang from the ECNL. And want to thank my producer, Colin Thrash. And I especially want to thank you, everybody listening. I'm Dean Linky. We'll see you in two weeks for another edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thanks for listening to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. And if you have a suggestion for the show or a great idea for a guest, please email us at info at theecnl.com. Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast is an ECNL production. ECNL, more than a league.